everybody. Welcome to another episode of Level 4, the Auto Drive Challenge Podcast. I'm Mike Sawyer, the video and podcast producer with the SAE CDS series, and we got another great episode with us today. We have several individuals from General Motors that are going to be talking about the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives with the company. First of all, with us is Leo Cow. How are you doing today, Leo? I'm good, Mike. How are you? And, and Leo, tell us what you're doing over there at General Motors. Well, my day job, uh, I'm an engineering group manager for infotainment software operations at GM's Canadian Technical Center in Canada. Excellent. And we also have in line Anston Emanuel with us. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey, how's it going? So what are you doing with General Motors? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a DevOps engineer in the, the automated driving space at the Canadian Technical Center. Uh, we're kind of responsible for the automation infrastructure behind a lot of our software builds that we have for our controller here. Anston, I also understand that you have some background with the Auto Drive Challenge. Yeah, when I was in my last year of undergrad, I was part of the, I guess, the inauguration of the competition. I was, I was a member on the University of Toronto team. I was a I was an electronic hardware lead there, and um, I remember that first year we went to the end of the competition, and we ended up uh, winning that first year, so I have a lot of good memories from that. And we also have in line with us Billy Whitehead. Billy, what do you do there with General Motors? Uh, hi, um, I'm a functional safety validation engineer, and my main feature that I test is Super Cruise. I've heard that General Motors aspires to be the most inclusive company in the world. What is diversity to you, and why should organizations embrace it? So to me, diversity simply means the many different ways people are different from each other and how we celebrate it. Generally, people know about the, the primary dimensions of diversity, right? Things that are visible, the, the race, uh, you know, gender, uh, ethnic background, uh, and all that. But there's so much more that, that's invisible. So if you can picture a, an iceberg, so all the, you know, the visible diversity is only a small portion that's above the water, and a lot of the ways we're different from each other are below the water. I think in the business setting, having diversity is definitely a strength to the business, uh, because you know, at GM, for example, we we say we like to do everything, uh, put the customer at the center of everything we do, uh, to all, in order to service that customer base, which you know, across the globe is very diverse in every which way you can think of. We must have the employee base that reflects our customers. So to empathize with their needs and wants, right? So to better service them, we must have diverse employees. So that's that's why it's important and uh, why we uh, embrace it. Uh, of course, uh, the diversity and in- inclusivity doesn't happen overnight. Uh, there's a lot of work we need to do. And the important thing is uh, we're committed to the journey and we're doing it. Yeah, so I think I'll probably echo a lot of what, what Leo said, but to me, diversity is really about this concept of moving away from uniformity and in, in thinking and, and experience. And you pose the question, why? Why should organizations embrace it? Why, why is it important? Um, and I think like there's two reasons. I think the first is a bit obvious, but if you're kind of looking at a team um, in a room faced with some sort of decision that they need to make, and they all kind of come from a similar background, similar experiences, similar way of thinking. Um, I think it's safe to say you won't necessarily have the best outcome out of out of that team. And and dare I say, what is even really the purpose of a team if so many individuals on it are, are, are so similar um, when you're trying to come up with a great decision to make? Um, so I think that the first reason there is just to come up with great decisions. A diverse team helps. 
And the second one is, I think when you have a diverse team, you're more likely to, as Leo mentioned, kind of have representation of your customer base within your team itself. Uh, I actually used to work in the innovation department and we were obsessed with the intricacies of how our customers kind of um, interacted with the vehicle and, and customer problems. And we'd always brainstorm on, on different features and things that could help a customer. Um, and that was technology rooted. And if, if you didn't have a diverse team, you were, you were just missing out on a lot of perspectives and problems that your customers might face. And when you look at GM and who our customers are, it's, it's literally anyone we, we sell a car to who's of age, right? Um, so having that representation on, on your customer side within your own team is, is, is really valuable. So I think that's why organizations should really embrace it. Um, and I think, I guess, one of the, the main things to, to get there is embracing a collaborative and safe environment uh, first. So your kind of your employees can, can bring their true selves to the team once you have a diverse team. So mine's going to echo a lot of the, the same points. So to start off, for me, diversity encompasses all the varying intersections that make up an individual person, their background, class, race, things like that. All of that is brought into the diversity of an individual person. Um, it makes It's what makes you different from the person next to you and even someone in your family. Everybody has their own unique perspective. And when it comes to our vehicles, are their own unique usage of those vehicles. So as a company, it's very important for us to have diverse individuals working in these varying systems because, you know, as mentioned before, different customers are going to utilize our vehicles differently. And, you know, the best way to make sure we're encompassing the most usage uh, from a customer standpoint is to have a diverse team. General Motors is working on creating conditions where every human who believes in inclusion is welcome within our walls so that every employee can bring their whole authentic self to work. What does inclusion mean to you and what is the connection to diversity? I guess a lot of times when you look at diversity, we it it's sometimes seen as a statistic. So I think when we talk about inclusion and what it really means, in my perspective anyway, it's, it's really just about belonging. Um, almost like that feel when you walk into your own home of that sense of belonging and seeing people you know. I think, I think there's a similar sense that you can, should, or companies or organizations should strive for when employees step into the workplace, um, which is kind of like their second home. And it's that feeling of belonging. And there's a lot of different ways to achieve uh, a sense of inclusion in, in a workplace. Uh, I think um, in that specific context, uh, mentorship for new employees, celebrating and respecting cultures, um, helping people succeed in their career because you care about them helps create an inclusive environment. When we talk about how we process you know, things that might protect uh, groups in the workplace, such as how to handle harassment claims and also ensuring workers feel safe and protected in their environment, I think these are all things that help build an inclusive environment. And I think it's kind of a, a prerequisite before you see a lot of the advantages um, you would to uh, you would see in, in a diverse team is, is having those, those kind of things and those frameworks in place to build an inclusive environment. So I think, that's, I think that's what it means to me in kind of its connection to diversity. It's almost a prerequisite for those positive outcomes you might see in a diverse team. Yeah, I agree with Stan. Uh, I think inclusion means, you know, the uh, diversity is not only recognized as a fact of life, but also embraced as a something that's really positive for the organization, right? Not not simply 
you know, where you read on a job posting where it says we we don't discriminate against, you know, so and so, but really we we really welcome, we really invite, you know, people from the diverse group to to apply because uh, they will add value to the organization. And to do that, we need to have an organization that's uh, you know a transparent workplace. It's a, a safe environment, and everyone feels respected and free from fear. So my answer is, is pretty similar. So for me, in, inclusion basically means everyone has a seat at the table at varying levels, um, from executives to technicians in the garage, all throughout the company. Um, you can see representation of of all sorts and. Not only that, just being a diverse company, it means celebrating those diverse individuals, celebrating everything that makes up that individual. And if I feel celebrated and comfortable at work, I'm able to bring my best self to work and put my best foot forward. So so really, the inclusion means celebrating those differences that are within each individual. So, of course, General Motors is such a large company, uh, a corporate structure and everything. Are there barriers within GM that limit the company's ability to recognize the broad range of diversity that already exists? I think the main thing that kind of limits our ability to to identify diversity where it already is, is where we kind of think of diversity with a very limited scope. Um, a lot of times you might see, you know, blanket surveys that might speak just about, uh, you know, the, the gender demographics or what ethnicity uh, you're you're from, um, but I think when we think about in that limited scope, we think about um, maybe almost only a small part of what makes us uh, kind of contributes to us as a person, um, and miss areas where we're also diverse and uh, potentially as as it, when you look at it as a from a team perspective. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways we're we're different. I think when we talk about bringing in diverse teams and people from diverse backgrounds. We're talking about what colleges we're hiring from at GM, um, what percentage of uh, second and first uh, generation immigrants work at GM, um, what are the educational requirements we mandate, right? We're, a lot of times you see in GM, we're even moving away from mandating um, and necessarily, you know, for an engineering position and engineering undergraduate degree, right? Moving more towards skill-based analysis of, of, our, of our candidates than education requirements. Also generational representation and also, you know, uh, as we move towards being a more tech-centered company and a lot more uh, capabilities in software, hiring outside of the automotive industry really builds uh, diverse teams for us as well. So I think when we uh, move away from thinking of diversity in its limited scope, uh, uh, we kind of overcome those those barriers. You know, barriers, I think it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're in this journey together and uh, we just haven't had enough time to... Uh, to discuss uh, the topic, right? A lot of people uh, haven't steeped in the topic, uh, don't realize what we're really talking about when we, when we talk about diversity and inclusion. I still hear, you know, from from colleagues, uh, some people might say, "Hey, I'm I'm not diverse, therefore this has nothing to do with me," right? Or, um, or you know, I will hire the the best person regardless of uh, you know, their diversity, right? So. Uh, so these are just misconceptions of of the topic, and uh, I think it just we just never had enough time and resources devoted into this, and and it's uh, good to see that we are spending more time to discuss these, uh, and and start you know trying to educate everyone of uh, the relevancy and the business case of DEI and how it's you know relevant to everyone because. 
they are all diverse in their own ways and they're all trying to serve diverse customers. Um, yeah, so to piggyback off a little bit of, of what Leo said, um, you know, we do face challenges within the company. Um, one being sort of segmenting of our, our diversity groups, um, kind of like Leo was mentioning, some people feel, you know, why should I join this uh, employee resource group? Because, you know, I may not fit that category or that, that bucket, um, but it's just the education portion of getting everyone to understand. It's celebrating the differences of fellow employees, embracing them, their culture, whatever makes them different. Um, whether you feel like you shouldn't be included in that, you, you definitely should, because we all have some diversity within us, some, something that makes us different from one another. Adding to Kenton Leo's point in, in response to what he's saying, I, I think he's highlighting something, you know, when, when Leo, you mentioned, um, you know, some individuals don't understand the issues completely and don't understand its relevance. Uh, I, th- I think it highlights something important for organizations as, as they commit to DNI is really committing to the training resources and, and, and the workshops and the courses to help understand these issues a bit a bit better. I mean, I, I think I'd argue that in a lot of cases, they're, they're not really the most intuitive concepts to people. Um, I don't think it was intuitive to me at first. Um, I kind of had to educate myself. Um, and those resources really, really help and can help uh, uh, a company, I think, overcome any barriers there. A McKinsey and Company study found that companies that are demographically diverse are far more likely to outperform their less diverse industry peers. What do you think are the long-term consequences of ignoring diversity and the inclusion within an organization? Yeah, I think I think a lot of us have come across these studies over the years um, that are absolutely true. Um, and I think the, the most obvious long-term consequence here is we're firstly missing out on amazing talent when we're kind of ignoring diversity inclusion um and when we miss out on talent not only do we not have the best engineers on on our teams but we're missing out on a lot of capturing our customers needs um, as as well uh so i think that's the the main one the kind of business advantages you're losing there but i think something really needs to be said towards more i guess you could say on the moral side of it um, what are the long-term consequences? It, and I think it becomes an existential question because if you're not really addressing diversity and inclusion in your organization, I think I think you almost need to kind of look in the mirror and understand why you're operating as a business, right? I don't think we're just here to just sell vehicles. You know, we're, we're here to solve people's problems and we're here to help fundamentally. And I think when corporations begin to play a bit more of a role um, towards contributing to our equitable society and every form they can um i think uh, i think that's a really powerful statement that they can make um so i think i think it, yeah i think it just becomes a very existential question if 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 you're not addressing these problems down the road and i think i th- I'd argue you might even challenge you might find difficulties becoming a fully inclusive companies if uh, a fully inclusive company if you're just going after diversity inclusion for its business advantages yeah, I don't disagree with Einstein. Uh, it's important to be a corporate citizen. However, for business leaders, you really need to be very specific uh, in in talking about the business case, right? We we can do the generalization of okay, diverse organizations perform better, and everyone heard that, but uh, maybe people are still not cons- convinced. So you you kind of have to uh, depend on your audience. You got to be very very specific to them, right? So. If you talk to an engineer, you can talk about why having a diverse team will actually, you know, 
develop better uh, products that cater to the needs and wants of diverse customers. If you talk to a marketing person, you might want to talk about you know having a diverse uh, sales and marketing force can better sell, better market customers to to everyone. So there are very specific business business case examples to talk about. And in addition to having the generalizing, in addition to talk about the uh, the corporate citizenship. Yeah. Um, so for me, I see a potential lack in innovation. So a company could become stagnant in their pursuit of innovation without varying voices, ideas, talents, backgrounds, things of that nature. If a majority of a team or a company have similar backgrounds or experiences, there's not much room for growth. Um, new opportunities, things of that nature. So for me, taking a slightly different perspective on an innovation side, I think that a company could become very stagnant to evolve. I also think when we when we kind of take take the lead and, and begin embracing diversity early on, uh, GM specifically can kind of set itself up as being a leader for other industries and with maybe innovative policies or frameworks regarding diversity, equity, inclusion, and and kind of set up frameworks for other organizations to implement in, the, in their own in their own companies. So um, the ability to kind of take on a leadership position in here is is, is a missed opportunity if, if we choose to ignore it. GM has many employee resources groups across the company, including a women's council, Asian connections, and a military resource group, among others. How important is communication with all the employees when building a case for developing a formal workplace diversity and inclusion program? Yeah, I can definitely speak to uh, situations where I've kind of been out of the loop on things that are going on in the company that I'd love to contribute my my energy to and my thoughts. So I think I think when we're not maybe reaching out to all the employees, especially when we're talking about a diversity inclusion program, um, I think you're missing out on a lot of people who'd like to contribute to that program and along with their ideas and 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 their energy um, to make that program successful. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think that's. Uh, that's the main thing we're we're missing out if if we don't reach out to everyone. Yeah, I spoke about uh, you know convincing everyone with a business case earlier. So a frequent and effective communication is vital. I I like to co- you know compare diversity and inclusion program with our safety program. Right? In GM, we we take safety very seriously. We call it you know our number one overriding priority. There's dedicated resources, budgets. Uh, people, organization, processes, you name it, uh, devoted into safety. And it's very effective, and we will build a safety culture for employees and for customers. I like to see similar efforts uh, devoted to DNI front because uh, it, it, it takes that much effort, that much resources to to formalize and, and, and develop a culture around one specific topic. That's a really interesting parallel to safety, Leo, because... I know there's also a lot of conversations on at GM at least. How do we integrate diversity, equity, inclusion in our everyday work? Because sometimes it can kind of feel um, at times maybe it's just being you know a flavor of the month kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting drawing it to safety. How we've begun to integrate that in our everyday work. How how we can do that with diversity and inclusion? We actually already started some of it, right? Like at the beginning of every meeting, we used to do a safety message, and now we're saying, hey, let's do either a safety message or a diversity message or both? Yeah, I agree with you there, Leo. Um, in my team specifically, uh, every time we have a team meeting every Monday morning, that's how our manager starts things off with a safety message and then an adversity and inclusion message where she either presents something to us or she lets um, different individuals on the team present something from their background 
or what they have going on from a diverse perspective so that we're communicating as a team and we're, we feel bonded to learn about each other. Um, for me, I think that if we're not including employees from varying levels and varying backgrounds, are we truly being inclusive when we're making these decisions? If the same few people are making the decisions for the masses, we're only getting their few thoughts, ideas, feedback, things of that nature. So in order for us to truly be inclusive, we have to include all of the diverse ideas and feedback, questions, um, all of that sort of thing from from varying employees throughout the company, no matter their position. How best should GM's leaders respond to employee feedback on how diversity and inclusion initiatives really impact them? Yeah, I think this question speaks back to something I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast. On it's it's not intuitive for everyone. I mean, when we talk about maybe affirmative action or why representation is important or unconscious bias. Um, a lot of people have questions naturally if they're new to the topics, especially on why, why is, why is this important? And I think it's really important that our leaders within an organization are the most educated on these matters um, um, because at the end of the day, they're responsible for a lot of important decisions. Um, maybe it's a change in how we do our hiring or a change in a certain policy or framework um, that, that impacts its employees and can impact the diversity of an organization. Um, so I think first and foremost, we need leaders of organizations to be very educated on this matter to help educate um, everyone. And with that education, I think they can really begin to lead discussions and open forums and with a question answer kind of format um, in a transparent manner um, from individuals that have more questions on diversity inclusion and why it's important to the company and, and our business goals and um, just as a company operating in, in society. Um, so I think I think that education is important. I think the open forums are important. I think we should move away from ever thinking about talking about these matters like it's political or taboo. Um, it's it's really important to have transparent conversations about this, and leaders um, kind of leading that conversation is important. Uh, I know from my, some of my involvement in an in inclusion committee at at GM, we host something called courageous conversations where anyone can come in and kind of ask questions about, um, you know, uh, different policies or, or unconscious bias. And then we have sharing sessions where people speak about their experiences and uh, just seeing seeing the growth through in different individuals through just a conversation session and some of the feedback they give, it, it, people learn really quickly and they begin to kind of um, understand issues um, and how important they are um, a bit more. So um, having transparent conversations and leaders leading that, I think, is, is really important. Agreed. Leaders should, uh, you know, be open to discussion, right? First of all, I expect leaders to be the evangelists of the UNI, right? They should really model uh, leadership behavior and set the tone for the entire organization. However, they shouldn't just be dictators, right? Saying like, this is my way or the highway, stay on message or else, because you got to convince people and, 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 you know, with business kids, right? So you got to have an open forum and recognize you know, DNI is not a, a part in the pun. It's not a black and white uh, topic, right? It's a lot of times you may have heard of, uh, the terms intersectionality, uh, competing rights. So, uh, you know, in, in many cases, you don't, you you really don't have a clear uh, picture of what is, you know, obviously right or wrong. Uh, it could be uh, many many shades of gray in between. So. And, and, and also, it's a constantly evolving topic, right? What was acceptable 30 years ago 
that made into a Disney movie may no longer be appropriate today. So it's constantly changing. So leaders need to foster that kind of open space, uh, frank discussion. Uh, uh, you know, if people have questions, put it on the table. We can have a conversation about it. I believe you know everyone has a common goal, right? Is to to work better with with the team, to build better products, better service uh, customers. So uh, with that goal in mind, what you know temporary difference can be discussed internally. Yeah, I, I agree with, with Leo there. It's definitely about those difficult conversations. And I think the biggest thing from my perspective that a GM leader could do is listen. So if an employee is coming with an issue or some feedback or areas for improvement, I think the best thing that a leader could do is to listen to the feedback that an individual is giving and then, you know, bring it up the ladder and, and see what can be done and discuss with that individual maybe what ideas they have, um, what they need, depending on the issue, um, but really being open to any feedback or criticism or, you know, anything of that nature, really, just just being open and opening that door for those difficult conversations and sometimes even posing those difficult conversations to their team. Um, in my, like I mentioned in my current group, one of the ways that my manager starts off a meeting is with that diversity message. And sometimes she poses a difficult question to us to think about as a group and to spark conversation and, and really open that door to some of that discussion that needs to be had. And instead of framing it, like Leo mentioned, as, as taboo or something that shouldn't be you know, talked about at work. GM has a track record of striving for inclusion and diversity. Um, in 1971, the company became the first Fortune 500 company to have an African-American on its board. In 2014, Mary Barra became the first female CEO in the auto industry. From your personal experience, have you noticed a change in the diversity of General Motors? Yeah, even even to add to that, I think even our, our, our board itself is 50-50 when it comes to the ratio of, of men to women, which is uh, something you don't you, you really just don't see in, in corporate America, um, and especially in automotive companies. So. Uh, they definitely are, are are leaders in that area. Um, I guess I would say for myself, uh, it's probably been about five years since I first uh, started with GM in my co-op position. And what I've definitely noticed over, I guess, those five years that I can speak to is um, a huge influx of new graduates into, into General Motors and kind of just a younger demographic in general. A lot of people from different industries, not just automotive as well. Um, I've definitely seen that at the Canadian Technical Center up here. Um, and I think with them, they've brought really this kind of new energy, and, you know, I could even say a youthful energy to GM. And they really push for, uh, you know, operating more efficiently and, and, and uh, being more efficient with our processes. And, and it's exciting. And I think that's really balanced by fantastic mentors when you join GM and also really, really experienced engineers in every department with, you know, 20, 30 years who can, you know, show you the ropes. So. I think that's the main difference I've seen over my past five years here. I've been with GM Canada for 17 plus years. So I've definitely uh, personally witnessed the changing diversity demographics of GM Canada. I initially joined the uh, manufacturing organization in Oshawa uh, when I just graduated. And that was, uh, you know, Oshawa is a manufacturing town, uh, uh, more, more sub- suburban. Uh, further away from Toronto, so I was the what we call a visible minority uh, of Asian descent working in a plant where I didn't see many other Asians. 
Uh, fast forward 17 years, now we have an office in Markham, Ontario, where you know, the majority of residents here are non-whites. So, uh, you know, many of the uh, employees are uh, Asians, Indians, Chinese, uh, uh, Iranian, from all over the world, ethnically. So we come to a point where when we have to do a, a survey of who is the visible minority, everyone gets confused, like, okay, so who... Who is the visible majority here? And when when my wife and I visit you know certain places in, in Markham, uh, when we see it comes to a point where we see white people, we go, oh, this this community is diverse. <laughs> so that's very interesting. So I've only been with GM for a little over three years now, but one of the things that really drew me to to GM and and that I noticed once I onboarded is just as as Anson mentioned, like the large majority of young uh, individuals joining the company. I joined with many other young engineers. um, And actually, my current group is made up of about 90% of uh, engineers with four years or less experience here at GM. So so seeing so many young individuals taking on varying leadership roles has been amazing for me, um, from my standpoint, being so fresh to the company. And I can definitely see my potential to grow and, and other you know young individuals as well. So I haven't seen too much change because I haven't been here for too long, but that was definitely one of the things that, that drew me in. And I saw different from many other companies that I've worked for in the past. On that topic as well, I, I think it was 2018, but GM was ranked by a pretty reputable report on gender equality as being number, uh, being the number one company in that area, and I think part of uh, part of their efforts is they're very transparent with some of their their data on their employees uh, when it comes to the public, and they they showed a lot of data showing that there's no gender pay gap in the company um, back in 2018 at least, um, and a lot of uh, positive things that that aren't co- common in a lot of corporations. So definitely definitely a leader in that sense. From your own personal experiences, what successful initiatives or best practices has GM identified concerning diversity and inclusion issues? Yeah, I think I think as this topic becomes more and more relevant, there's a lot of things going on in the background that GM's looking to improve. What I can speak of that I've personally seen myself are a lot of uh, inclusion committees that have spawned a lot in the last year as well through the leadership of kind of our, our CEO, Mayor, Mary Barra. Um, after the summer of last year where, where George Floyd was murdered, there was this kind of point in time where I, I think a lot of people in corporations as well were kind of looking themselves in the mirror and thinking about what they could do um, when tackling these problems. And in this case, an inclusion committee spawned in, in my department where I kind of helped lead these courageous conversation sessions. Um, and I think that was a really successful initiative that um, my department, at least within GM, kind of implemented. And we, you know, we kind of have like 10 people every every two weeks is come in and have a conversation about their experiences and it kind of develops a place for learning and, and empathy for each other. Um, and I think it's a really successful initiative because it it makes a diversity inclusion kind of not a taboo topic anymore and it creates transparent conversations into people's maybe difficult experiences. And I thought that was a, a really successful thing that, that GM did. There's not one single uh, initiative that's, that's you know, one best practice. We always benchmark other industry leaders. When it comes to DNI, we always look at uh, you know what good things other people do, right? So there's easy, transparent uh, uh, knowledge base where we can learn. When we read up on profiles of companies that win uh, awards in in this area, we attend 
conferences, join uh, memberships of of uh, you know, professional organizations of DNI practitioners. So we share you know, all the best practices. So, so we you know we talk about things like you know leadership support. We talk about employee resource groups, uh, surveys, you know benchmarking, setting targets. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's it's not one single thing, it's all of the above. So for me, in, in my personal um, experience, as I mentioned before, you know, the, the inclusion of a diversity message at the beginning of every team meeting that we have on a weekly basis, um, my manager is really taken seriously and, and has a new topic, topic for us to discuss every week. You know, that's, that's one area that I, I personally, you know, am experiencing some of the best practices. And another, I'm a, I'm a part of another um, employee research group, GM Plus. And uh, recently, there's been the introduction or rollout of individuals being able to display their uh, pronouns in their email signature and in other some other areas within GM um, to make those things visible. It's completely optional, but it's very nice to see that that is an option within the company and it helps individuals to be, you know, seen and feel represented and be able to bring their whole self to work. So those are two areas where I'm, I'm personally seeing successful um, initiatives taking place. And of course, we just mentioned about GM's board of directors is made up of uh, 55% women. In your opinion, how does the composition of GM's board and management team reflect the community you serve? So we, we always hear the you know vehicle purchasing decisions are made mostly by women, right? More than 50% of the time, it's by the female member of the family that ultimately decide what, what, what vehicles to, to buy. So having the, you know, the board of directors reflect that customer base is definitely advantageous, I think. And GM has led uh, the industry. I think all of the big companies, in terms of uh, having more than half of our board members uh, as female, so that's, I believe, that translates to competitive ad- advantage. Uh, not just that, you know, we have many officers, uh, high-ranking executives that are uh, actually managers of all, all ranks that are visible. Uh, uh, diversity in, in very different dimensions, uh, but of course we're just talking about the visible diversity here. There's tons of other ways uh, they are differ from each other, and again reflect the customer base. Yeah, so to sort of piggyback off of uh, what Leo said, you know, I've I've seen that my individual work group really reflects the, our community that we serve because. Our team is made up of so many diverse individuals. And for me, a new experience um, that I've had since joining GM, I have my first woman manager, um, which has been a little uh, sparse in the world of engineering um, from, you know, from varying companies that I've been a part of. And it's it's really great to experience and it's a really great thing to be a part of. So seeing that sort of trickle down to, you know, even my my level of a functional safety engineer. Um, Having my manager be a woman, someone you know that I can talk to and, and feel comfortable in such usually a, a male-dominated field, um, I'm definitely seeing at GM, and that's actually one of the things that drew me to choosing GM in my final decisions out of college was the fact that you know a lot of our, our CEO and a lot of our our chair people and board members uh, were women. It it really just drew me in because there's there's great talent across many other companies and 
great executive boards and things of that nature. But to really see myself represented is important to me and it makes me feel happy and included and able to do my best work when I come to work every day. I think something something to maybe add here is that it's, you know, we spoke earlier about why diversity is so important just from, you know, from a decision perspective, just optimizing the decisions of a, of a team and getting optimal outcomes. GM might be the exception to this, especially with a, with a CEO who's a woman, but it, it seems to say a lot of times in corporations, as you go up the ladder of an organization, it tends to become almost less diverse. Um, you know, the statistics behind the amount of CEOs in corporate America who, who are women kind of speak to that, but it, it really highlights kind of this problem where as you go up, you have less diverse teams, but leaders are so are responsible for such important decisions as well. And when we're talking about optimizing those decisions, you're looking for a diverse teams. So I think this conversation really, really highlights the importance of having diverse board and, and management teams as well. How do you think we value all forms of diversity and inclusion in the current global climate? Um, I, I guess with the, in the Canadian climate, uh, I do see a bit more focus uh, and intention on in racial and gender diversity, and specifically in those two areas. I'd say it's not always seen in a positive light when there are initiatives maybe put forth um, by the country. I, th- I think globally, um, in my perspective anyways, it, you consistently do see a lot of disregard in the news for diversity, inclusion, and a lot of unfortunate events. That's kind of how I, uh, how I see it myself. Yeah, so we, we in Canada has been sheltered uh, you know, traditionally because of our geography and history and you know, politics. Uh, over the years, we're sort of known as the more uh, mellow country, right? A little, little more harmonious. Sometimes when we, when we look uh, across the border to the south, we 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 sometimes say, hey, we 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 don't seem to have as much acute racial conflicts as uh, uh, as in the U.S. does sometimes. But uh, I think the recent events from from Me Too to you know George Floyd to uh, to the more recent, you know, anti-Asian hate issues kind of highlighted that these things can uh, really affect everyone and everywhere. We're not immune from that. So it's, uh, you know, the silver lining is it kind of sparked the conversation and let people think about, uh, uh, yeah, maybe we need to think about it, talk about it, and uh, focus more on it. Uh, so we, you know, we, we try to talk about the business case and we try to embrace in-depth in and tough conversation. At every opportunity. What does it mean to have Telva Magruder take on the challenge for General Motors to make DNI a priority? In the summer of last year, Telva Magruder was appointed the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at GM, formalizing the role um, within the company uh, for someone to take the lead on um, tackling these these issues. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to have Telva. I've I've seen a lot of her communications that she sent out of the company so far in the past year and. and they're really good. I mean, I uh, I agree with everything she's saying, and I think she's doing a great job so far. Uh, I do think she has a very significant challenge ahead of her to kind of authentically integrate uh, diversity, inclusion priorities into our everyday work. And I think there are a lot of kind of, you know, towards becoming a fully equitable company. I think there are a lot of innovative kind of policies and frameworks that we need that we haven't really seen elsewhere in other companies um, to ensure, you know, we're hearing everyone's opinions in every work setting at GM, um, and also we're, we're hiring really well and, and we're making diversity a, a priority there as well. Um, so I know she's working on a ton of things and I'm excited uh, to see what the future holds. 
Yeah, so I'm very thrilled uh, Tava uh, is is uh, with us. Uh, her role is a newly created role, and it's an elevated role uh, to lead the global efforts for DNF at General Motors. Uh, she's got the visibility and the exposure to all the senior leaders. She's been invited to all the you know business, all hands-on meetings to talk about DNI, uh, and this shows how committed GM are to this topic as a company. We're putting resources and leadership into this area. Yeah, I feel like it's it's wonderful as well that we have someone in place whose main role um, is to drive GM's DEI. You know, I don't think that it's really something that can be taken on as a, like a quote unquote side job um, or something that you know we're slowly working towards. I think it needs to have dedicated resources and a dedicated point person. And to have her in place, I think, is a significant stride forward for GM in our DNI world. And finally, when Mary Barra says that GM aspires to be the most inclusive company in the world, what does this mean to you personally as a team player at GM? I think personally it makes me really excited to hear that um, from our CEO, that we're striving for an inclusive environment. You know, I think you really want to come to work when you know it's a judgment-free place. Um, where everyone, um, your employees and your colleagues are educated and socially aware of things like personal bias and and conscious bias, uh, where we've developed together, you know, a higher level of empathy amongst our teams and where we have new policies that are governing a safe work environment and that encourages transparent conversation um, and, you know, more dialogue and more collaboration. So I think uh, these are all the things that uh, would happen if we become the most inclusive company in the world, and uh, I'm excited for the journey. I'm someone who has been uh, a DNI practitioner for, for many years. I believe in and I preach the business case uh, every day and every opportunity I get. So you know, by stating we want to be the most inclusive company in the world, that means we're going to attract the best talent. Uh, we're going to serve the widest customers. We're going to make GM a very successful company and make it a workplace choice for the employees, including myself. For me, it sounds like personally a dream come true uh, to work for a company that's striving to be the most inclusive um, in the world. For me, it means that I'll truly feel represented in regards to all of my varying intersectionalities, and I can really bring my whole self to work. Um, When an individual can bring their whole self to work, we can focus on the work at hand and and not a lot of those other aspects worrying about judgment and not being included and being excluded um, because of who we are or because of the things that make us us. We can truly focus on the work that we're hired to do. So for me, diversity and inclusion equals innovation, fresh ideas and new perspectives and we can put our best foot forward to do what's best for the company. This has been a really great discussion about uh, uh, all those initiatives that are happening at General Motors. Do you have any uh, final thoughts and you know to, to go out on here uh, to our students that are listening from the Auto Drive Challenge? Yeah, I guess you know, I guess you know, when talking to these students who are you know going to be looking for internships and full time positions down the road, I think you know, make it a priority for yourself to really seek out a company that will value you as as a person and in, in your entirety and. And make that one of your criteria when you when you're looking for a specific job, um, because it makes a big difference working for a company that's that's inclusive and, and really values you. So I guess that would be my closing comments to the students. So I just want to tell the students, you know, when you hear about DNI, you might you might feel it's not very relevant to your career, 
But you know, I hope for, uh, just by listening to this podcast, you can start realizing, you know, it's it's got everything to do with your personal success at work and with your company success. So keep an open mind and you know, look up on some of the examples of how DNI can help you and your your organization. And uh, good luck. Yeah, so I have just a little note that was actually shared with me from a random individual on a plane one day when I was traveling for an interview. And that's that's even if a company is striving for diversity and, and hiring from a diverse pool of talent, you're not being hired just because you're a statistic or fit a certain demographic box. You absolutely meet the criteria or she wouldn't be considered. So don't let that cloud your judgment when you're looking to make final decisions on where to work or intern or things like that. Um, you're not just a number and having this diversity and having a company look at you for your diverse background or different perspectives that you can bring is, is really an asset to the company. So, so hold on to that and, and see that as a powerful tool that you can use when, when deciding between companies. I can say personally, I haven't had a lot of great conversations with uh, representatives from General Motors over the last couple of years. It's been really impressive between the, this conversation that we just had on diversity, the innovation, the zero 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 initiatives, um, a lot of really cool stuff going on over there at General Motors, and 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 you know, hearing especially people coming from the Auto Drive Challenge into the company have been very happy with it uh, from talking with them here on and off the podcast. If you're interested in a career at General Motors, you can go check out GM.com and click on the careers button there and it'll take you through all the opportunities and how to get involved with that and of course if you're in the auto drive challenge you can be in touch uh, digitally if you're not at the competition or before or after at the sponsor portal uh, as well so thank you everybody for joining us thank you general motors uh, uh for putting this helping putting this together and everybody for taking the time for this um please if you haven't yet if this is your first time listening please subscribe to level four the auto drive challenge podcast on your favorite podcast player or download the auto drive challenge app and you'll get notifications when new episodes are out there as well thank you everybody and until next time stay safe out there thank you for listening to level four the sae auto drive challenge podcast make sure you download our app on your smartphone for updates and contact information the show notes for this episode and all others can be found at autodrive.fireside.fm